Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 14th episode of the Millennial Life and Men podcast, personal growth for your work, life, and money. My name is Kimberly, and I'm here to help you develop the personal growth skills to make and manage your money to create work-life balance. How? By tackling the self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and procrastination habits that are holding you back. And today, we're going to be talking about credit scores. So this was actually a requested episode. I took a poll on my Instagram after I posted that I actually have an 850 credit score. But to be honest, I've never obsessed about my credit score before. Like I never really even thought about it that much until I kind of started deep diving into the world of personal finance more. A few years ago, I got curious and checked to see what my credit score was. And it was like around 840 at the time. And I I was like, okay, cool. And then I just kind of closed the tab that, because I thought everyone else probably had a very similar credit score. I have made like a, a pretty decent salary my entire life. And when, you know, I was growing up in my 20s, I didn't really view myself as a quote unquote money expert. Um, I kind of just did what I thought everyone else was doing. But it wasn't until I got older, until I started learning more about the personal finance community that I realized that not everyone actually sees money management in the same way. Today, I have a credit score of 850, but I want you to remember that I am Canadian, so our credit scores go up to 900. But I also kind of... um, thought about credit scores recently as well because I was watching this YouTube video from Glamour and I'll link it in the show notes and it was where 20 women from like different types of salaries from I think it was like the lowest was probably like unemployment I don't know maybe like 20 grand um, to 1 million who share their credit score and I was kind of surprised by the vast range of numbers from like every income level just because people make more money it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a higher credit score or they manage money any better. That is why I don't really believe in the like tips and tricks when it comes to money management because I don't think it's enough. And I also wanted to really talk about this um, episode today is to share how to get a great credit score, like an excellent credit score? And what are the personal development, like growth habits that you need to form and the mindset that you need to have to create that kind of score? And I will be talking a lot, again, about the hallmarks of credit cards and what actually constitutes your credit score so that you can create a higher credit score. However, I don't want you to get like too caught up in the vanity metrics of it. That's something that I've been very careful regarding personal finance. When I got into personal finance, people were obsessed with their credit scores and their net worth. And it's again, it's all these vanity metrics that somehow define our worth. I don't believe that's true. But I do believe that having a credit score is great because it provides you more opportunities in life right? So if you have a great credit score, it's easier for you to get a mortgage better. You get better interest rates, which make a huge, huge difference um, on your credit cards, on your mortgages, loans, anything. If you're looking to lease an apartment or buy a car, people will check your credit. So having a great 
credit score is important, but I don't want you to just solely focus on that. So that's what I'm really going to be talking about on this episode today. So if you're really interested in learning about how to increase your credit score by not obsessing about the number, then this is the episode for you. Because truthfully, I have not always been perfect in all aspects of money. I had a bill go to collections actually a few years ago. I've missed a payment on my credit card. I've had like student loans. I had debt and I still to this day have a mortgage and I use my credit card for everything. So there's all of these um, aspects that, you know, you would think that maybe I didn't have a great credit score, but I do because I've been focusing on developing the personal growth habits in order to maintain a credit, great credit score kind of um, effortlessly. I don't really think about it at all, right? Because I've already formed the habits to in it, that enables me to have a high credit score without having to obsess over it. So that's what I really want to focus on this episode because I think a lot of, I learned a lot from my mistakes and I think a lot of people um, just more try to achieve the vanity metrics and then they struggle the entire way. Once you um, go th- like uh, learn these kind of six, I think it's six habits I'm going to be talking about and mindset shifts, tr- trust me when I say it's going to be easier just to retain a high credit score. You won't have to always obsess over it because you'll have a system and habits in place to create, increase, and maintain that high credit score. So let's just get started. So the first strategy that you need to use when wanting to increase your credit score is choosing what to focus on. So as I mentioned before, these are the five to six factors that affect your credit score. But some of them are more important than others. And according to credit.com and the balance, and I'll link the articles in the show notes, and this varies a little bit, but the general rule of thumb is that your payment history um, affects your credit score about 35%. Credit utilization affects it 30%. Credit age and history is about 15%. Mix of accounts is 10%. And number of credit card inquiries is about 10%. As you've noticed, that already equals 100% itself. So the amount of debt that you have actually does not have a huge impact on your credit score. It is the type of debt that you have, because if you have a lot of credit card debt, you might be like in um, only be making the minimum payments for that. But Even when you have a credit card debt and other types of debt, you can still have a good credit score if you are paying the bills on time. So payment history is the number one factor when it comes to your credit score. And this is the first strategy that I want to talk about is because you don't have to do everything at once. Don't when you are trying to increase your credit score or maintain a high credit score, you don't have to worry about things like um, uh, number of credit inquiries. It, it only affects about 10%. And unless you're opening like multiple credit cards every few months, you that's not a huge concern for you. You The big one that you really need, two big ones that you really need to focus on are payment history and credit utilization. And I am the perfect example of this because I had student loans and I paid them off, but it's not like I never took on debt before. I still to this day have an enormous mortgage, like 
$200,000 enormous. Welcome to Vancouver. But it hasn't really seemed to affect my credit at all. I am now renting the apartment that I own, but I like saw very little difference when I lived in it and when I rented in it. So now it's like investment property, but like the bank doesn't seem to care. As long as they get their payments on time, they don't really care what I do with the property. But so this is one of the biggest factors that you really need to think about payment history and credit utilization. Do not obsess over your debt levels. Of course, it is important to pay off debt and that's a whole other subject. But when it comes to your credit score and the opportunities, don't I, I don't want you to think that debt is going to be like that scarlet red letter on you. Credit payment history, it's more important to focus on paying down your debt um, with the time frame that you've agreed agreed with with your creditor than actually just focusing on the or obsessing about the fact that if you have debt somehow you have a bad credit score it's not true but also remember that when you look at other people just because they have a high credit score does not mean that they don't have debt doesn't mean that they're debt free or that they have great money management skills in that area they could have gone into a lot of debt for school and they might be making a high income but you know again just putting that into perspective. And the second factor I really wanted to talk about is um, for you to focus on, and we're going to be going through a lot in this episode, and I just wanted to talk about it so it prefaces this episode, is credit card utilization. Yes, age does count too, and like just assuming that you don't have one type of credit card for your entire life, but credit card utilization, the amount of credit that you use in relation to how much um, other creditors have given you. Those are the two factors I really want you to focus on when you try to increase your credit score. And that leads me to my next point on how to get an excellent credit score. And that is don't fear credit, just use it slowly. Credit gets a really bad rap. It's like demonized as the source of all evil. But if you really think about it, Many people use credit and the world actually use credit, uses credit to get ahead. And it can be very advantageous if you know how to use it correctly. Now, I know that the personal finance community and many people, especially who love to budget because that's I'm that person too, um, really like to talk about how cash is king and how great utilizing cash is. I think cash is great. Don't get me wrong. I But I view cash as like liquid money. Um, so it's great to have that money like just in savings, not invested anywhere or doing anything else in case of an emergency. However, I do think that credit is actually more advantageous. So if you use credit cards instead of cash, you actually, for a lot of types of credit cards, you could have rewards or cash back on them. I do think that the first thing that you need to do when if you want to have a good, excellent credit score is to kind of move away from the mindset that credit is terrible. It is only bad if you don't know how to utilize it correctly. And I also want you to think about the when you're too dependent on a tangible tool like ta- cash for like limiting your spending, if that makes sense. Hear me out right now. So a lot of people like to use cash in ca- instead of credit because they don't have self-control. 
And instead of actually working on that self-control and creating and building that trust within themselves, they just utilize cash as like a crutch. Now, I know everyone is on their own personal finance journey, and I totally support anyone who's paying down debt and still working on their money habits. But I just wanted to clarify that if you only rely on cash and utilizing like a cash envelope system, you are going to be limited in your personal finance journey. There are times where cash might not be enough. For example, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic and most places don't take cash, but cash like can only bring you so far as we move into an online world. Um, more people and more stores are just taking credit cards and stuff. So that is something you really need to be cognizant of is that when you're creating that money mindset, you have to reach higher. You can't just rely on, oh, I'm just going to use cash because I have no self-control. And really reframe how we think about credit. Because in business, credit is actually labeled as leveraged. That's what it's called. So companies actually are created, multi-million dollar companies, on the basis of credit. And that we just talk about it in a different way, but we need to be able to apply that to our own personal lives. Credit is not evil. It's just a tool. And that brings me to my next point, which is to use one credit card at a time and then increase your limit. So the foundations that we were talking about at the beginning of the episode is that the two big factors that will affect your credit is payment history, which we talked about already, and credit utilization. Now, one of the reasons why my credit score is so high is because I use so little of it. The truth is that every month I only put around maybe like $500, give or take, onto my credit card depending on the month. But my credit limit is over $30,000 over all my credit cards. And I... That's why, again, it's I use like about 1%, maybe sometimes even less than that. That's why my credit score is so high and it stays so high. But how do you get there? So my strategy when it comes to this is just to focus one card at a time. That way you can also build a self-trust and just also it's easier to keep track of. Like if you have seven credit cards, it's hard to like keep track of which one you put on like what payment you put on what credit card and what the payment is and stuff like that. It's just too much to handle. So I really think that it's important to start slowly with one or two credit cards at first. I think two is a good number. You could have three, um, depending on your special circumstance. If a third credit card does something special at a store or if you travel a lot or something along those lines. But two is best. So Use one card as your primary card and the other one as like your emergency card if the other the first one doesn't work. Your first card, your primary card, is the one I talked about before, which is the one you should be putting through all your regular bills and then you will and paying off every month and then you develop that habit. You develop that self-trust with yourself and then slowly I want you to put more and more things onto that credit card maybe things like groceries. And we're not just going for bills, we're going for groceries, things that you need, right? And use that as your needs credit cards. Everyone views, like lots of people make the mistake of viewing a credit card as the fun thing. No, try to utilize it first just for your needs if you don't have a great credit score just yet. And then 
you will notice that because you concentrate all of your bills and, you know, credit payments onto one credit card, you might start to reach the limit faster. So when I first started, I think my credit card limit was, I think I started with $500. I might've been a thousand dollars, but I only had one credit card and I was putting a lot through that credit card and I was starting to reach the limit more and more. And you might be thinking, well, that means I have high credit utilization that drops my credit score. Yes. And the, in the, um, uh, that's, if you use a lot of credit utilization, it will, you know, impact your credit score, but you have to think long-term. Um, and you have a second credit card. That's why I recommend doing a second credit card as well. But it, once you do that, the problem is people tend to stop there. They just utilize as much credit as they can without considering credit increases. Credit card companies are businesses in themselves. They want your business. They want to give you more credit because they want to be able to possibly, you know, get interest on that or something like, uh, or along those lines, right? So they're, they're companies in them themselves. If you are utilizing a lot of your credit, what you need to do is actually either call your company and ask for a credit increase or you can they will offer one to you and you accept it and at this point you have been utilizing it for just your regular bills maybe a couple of essential things here and there but you pay it off every single month and this allows you to have a relationship with your credit card company because they can see oh you use a lot of our credit and you pay it off on time so we're going to increase your limit so that is how you slowly increase your limit and lower your utilization but it is a process and it's a process that um you need to do to not like to where you can develop the self-control, but also not fear credit. I know some people, including myself, had credit increases like offered to me when I was younger. And I said no, because I didn't trust myself. I thought credit was evil. But then slowly I started to say yes. And I'm so glad I did. That's why I have like $30,000 worth of credit in uh, across all my credit cards, because my credit card companies know that I pay them back every single month. And I've only ever missed a payment twice. And I will talk about that later in the episode. But that is what I'm talking about right now. And one of those times that I actually missed the payment, I was just, I didn't even miss the payment. I was just off by a couple of dollars. I called them and they um, took off. They waived the interest fee on that because I had such a great relationship with them. So use one credit card at a time. I would recommend opening at least two, maybe three but don't open like seven. You don't need that in order to have a good credit score. Utilize one at a time and then slowly increase your limit with that card. And once you're done with that card, um, that limit has been increased. You know what you do, you switch over to the next card. So let's say you had like reached that $1,000 limit and you asked for a credit increase and they gave you $5,000. You can kind of start using that card and switch over to the other card who you might have a $1,000 limit with. Start utilizing, putting through your bills again increase it to $5,000. That's how you get the ball rolling. So I'm just listening back to what I said. And I know that seemed like pretty, like maybe not unorthodox advice, but it's, it worked for me, man. It was, it makes my life easier. And it, again, it helped me develop self-trust. So now I don't worry about not being able to pay my credit card off now because it's my habit. That's always, it's what I've always done. I don't turn to credit cards as my like blah, like when I want to make um, a purchase, 
I didn't turn to credit cards when I wanted to make a like frivolous purchase. I only turned it to needs at first. So the third tip that I wanted to talk about, no, I'm sorry, this is the fourth. We're on the fourth tip right now is I wanted to talk about is actually, no, this is the third. I'm sorry. I'm like so mixed up right now. This is the third I want to talk about is to schedule credit dates. So I actually don't pay my credit card off every month. I pay it off every two weeks. I know that many people think that bills is like a monthly thing that you do at the end or the beginning of the month, but I kind of shifted my mindset instead of credit and credit cards and bills being something I only deal with at the beginning or end of each month. It is something I've incorporated to my life. I used to actually check my credit card almost daily. This was pre-COVID when I actually did normal things in life, but I really try to incorporate credit as a part of my life and pay it off with my paycheck instead of paying it off once a month. This might be, again, a little bit of unorthodox advice because if you have like a really high interest savings account or interest rate, you might actually be more beneficial to pay off your credit card every single month and just let that extra money accumulate in high savings interest and then pay it off. But I've kind of moved that towards that only in the past couple of months, though, but because that is pretty like like pretty advanced, I, I feel like, because you have to be really cognizant of like when your credit card is due and your paychecks and, you know, balancing that money and transferring and paying it off correctly. So it's a little bit more money management. I found it easiest just to pay off my credit card every time I got my paycheck. Right. So that was my reminder because like I had talked about before, I have missed my credit card payments twice. The first time was when I actually did pay it, but I didn't pay off the full amount because like, I literally just typed in the number wrong and they waived the fee. The second time was actually 100% my fault. So I was trying to do that thing where I didn't want to pay it off. I just wanted to keep it in my savings for a little bit longer and then pay it off in the end. And in the end, I actually ended up having to pay on interest on that amount because I had missed the payment date. And it's just because it revolves and it requires so much more money management. And if you're there, that's great. But if you're not, I would advise you to put in credit like systems. So my system is that I pay my credit card when I get my paycheck, right? Another system I have to is just schedule credit dates. So you know how I told you that I missed a bill and I went to collections one time? So this was when I was living in Ottawa. I went to the hospital because a car like skid me off the road. And um, I like had to go to the hospital and I sprained my foot and I was on crutches for six weeks. It was great. It was fun, by the way. And um, of all the dangerous things that I do, like I jump off planes, like I like jump off random cliffs. I'm a scuba diver. I like hurt myself riding my bike. And I actually had a like healthcare was covered province to province in Canada. So I was covered healthcare wise, but I had to pay for the crutches and it was a bill from the Ottawa hospital. And I just like, I was in the middle of a move. I was moving from Ottawa back to Vancouver and then I was going on my trip soon. So I was just kind of like all over the place and I, I just missed it. And the bill actually ended up following me back to Vancouver and it was $25 by the way. So we're not talking a big bill, hospital bill here. I'm, I'm in Canada. I, my bill was 25 bucks and I like just forgot to pay it until I, I got a phone call from a collections company one day and said, Hey, you know, you didn't pay this. And I was like, oh, shoot. So then I just paid it a lot on the phone right there, right then with him. And 
I didn't, I like, he was so surprised. I guess it's, I know now that because like creditors have to work so hard to get people to create their credit, credit bills. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'll like, can you take my credit card right now? <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I missed that payment. And now I have like, I've learned from my lessons. And when now, whenever I have something like that that comes up kind of like an off center bill that like I didn't have time to pay again right now like you know what I mean like one of those things that you just can't deal with in life that's okay you, you if you can't deal with it right right away but schedule a date to deal with it that's what I do now is that if I don't have time to do something right now if I like I'm opening my mail and I get a bill and you know I'm like running late for dinner I like haven't showered yet and I like don't even know what I'm gonna wear like if I'm in that kind of moment I'm not gonna run up to my computer and pay that bill right away right but I schedule a date so usually I do this on my lunch breaks at work I just find that easiest um if I need to call someone to argue or dispute a bill or something like that I schedule it right? I just schedule a date. I don't have to do it today. I'll just schedule it later. And that is what I found really helpful is to incorporate credit as just a part of your life, create a system like paying it off every two weeks. And if you can't deal with it right away, schedule it. Oh, wow. I just realized that was the fourth tip, not the third tip. Okay. So that was the fourth tip. This is the fifth tip. So my fifth tip is when it comes to credit cards, to ditch the pay yourself mentality, unless it's for an emergency fund when it comes to your paycheck. This is going to be very controversial and unorthodox advice, but I actually don't believe in the pay your first savings strategy. Unless, and this is a very big caveat, you are saving for an emergency fund. An emergency fund is so critically important that yes, you do need to be saving that and prioritizing that first, if you don't already have one. So if you haven't already listened to it, I know I say this probably in every episode, but it's just so foundational. And that's why I made it episode number two is um, episode two of the podcast actually covers how I saved my $10,000 six month emergency fund. If you don't already have one, go listen to that episode after this because that is critical. However, I don't really believe in the pay yourself first philosophy because, and this is a big because, so don't turn off this episode just yet. It depends on what your money mindset is when you were growing up and as in a child and your philosophy when it comes to money and entitlement. Okay, because the hard truth is if you want an excellent credit score and the like opportunities that come with it, you need to pay your creditors, like not just yourself. Like paying yourself is great, but you need to pay your creditors. Again, only caveat is an emergency fund because you are actually paying like and saving for future you but present you needs to deal with the realities of the present current situation i don't like the pay yourself first kind of mindset because it kind of can like borderline encourage the treat yourself philosophy that justifies any kind of self-care purchase one of the big realities when it comes to money and like this is reflected in your credit score is your ability to take responsibility for your own financial decisions and acknowledge that everything is a choice when it comes to your finances. If you go on like a late night shopping spree because of something you saw like advertised on Instagram, then you should not like quote unquote pay yourself first when it comes to your paycheck. You can't be saving money away for like a future vacation. You can for emergency fund, 
but you can't save money for like a future vacation or even a car or things like that, like that are want, like are needs. No, sorry, that are wants instead of needs when you already like take in that opportunity to spend on your needs on your credit card. Does that make sense? Moving away from your the victim like a circumstance mindset is a huge shift that I don't think people really want to talk about because yes, you know, there are a lot of things in personal finance that are situations that we couldn't control coming in, but we can control them coming out. And sometimes we mess up, but I have learned that instead of blaming everyone around me, I really have to take responsibility for my own actions, decisions, and choices. So again, that bill collections that went like from, from the Ottawa hospital for that bike accident, like it's very easy for me to blame everyone else, like the hospital, the person that rode, skid me off the road, um, you know, the fact that I was moving. Like, it's just so easy to blame so many other things. But the truth is, it was my responsibility and I didn't do it. Bad credit and bad spending habits don't just happen to us. I will say that they can be taught to us. But as an adult, they are our choices. And I know it's a lot easier to blame other people like the credit card company, the landlord, the banks, the government. And you know what? Sometimes it is their fault, but the decision on how to react to it is yours. If your bills are too high, you need to focus on living within your means. And like might, that might mean downsizing your apartment, getting a roommate, or going and getting a side hustle to make more money. But taking responsibility for your credit choices is something you really need to prioritize if you want a high credit score. If you don't care, that is your choice too. If you just want to run up your credit card bills, get like have a low credit score and, you know, quote unquote, still have savings and pay yourself off first, that's, that's your mindset. But I know a number of people, and I know this is very common for a lot of people to just want to have that big number in their say, like checking account or their saving account for like vanity purposes. If it's towards an emergency fund or if it's towards a legitimate need, um, like need account, like savings account, like if you really do need a car for your job, not just like a car for because you want to look good, but like just a basic car or if you have health problems or something, you know, along those lines, like then, yes, of course, you need to kind of like um, take uh, money from your paycheck to put towards those long term goals. However, if you're like paying trying to save down for an apartment or like for a down payment or going on vacation or something like that no you do need to pay off your first vacation if you have credit card debt or uh, or regular bills before you actually think about um saving on vacation and this is someone and i'm not hating on vacation okay this is someone coming from someone who spent fifty thousand dollars over fifty thousand dollars actually at this point um like on travel. So I really prioritize like that kind of thing in my life, but it comes at the cost of other things. So when you're looking at your paycheck and you're thinking about, you know, oh, I want to pay myself first, you have to really consider that you, if you want a high credit score, you have to pay your creditors first as well. Like you have to take your money for your needs and then you have to pay your creditors as well. Because at one point, you took on that credit. Like again, credit, unless this was fraud, like doesn't just happen to you, right? Like if you have a $5,000 credit 
card bill. Like the credit card company just didn't trick you, right? They might have given you like high, extremely high interest rates. That is fair. But again, that is something that you sign on to as an adult and you have to be aware of in your money management. And that's really what makes the differentiate someone from like who wants or achieves a high credit score is that you have to take responsibility for your actions. Once we take the entitlement out of our financial choices and put in the responsibility, that's what makes it easy to maintain a high credit score and money management system when you have the mindset behind it so that, you know, if you are a college student or just have your first job or have been working for a while right now and money managing money in a certain way, when you have more money, when you have a higher salary and when you or when you have other factors in your life, like if you have a child, it makes money management easier because you've already worked on those mindset issues. And the sixth strategy that I have to increase your credit score is to instead of checking your credit score, check your spending on your credit cards and your budget. Now, one of the things I hadn't really talked about on this episode is actually the fact that when you look at your credit score, it can vary from agency to agency. CBC Marketplace actually did a whole like YouTube documentary type of thing on this investigative report on this. And I will link it in the show notes, but they actually check their credit scores for in other individuals from like, I think it was two or three different agencies and they all came up with different numbers. So a credit score can actually be objective. And again, even though it is important, that's why I wanted to really focus this episode on you know, the habits, the mindset, the strategy behind it instead of the number itself. Like this is how you reach, like you get 10 or 20 more points on your credit score. Like I don't believe in that type of stuff because I think that it's actually more important to focus on your spending and your budget. Now I used to obsess over my credit card statements and I like checked it almost like every other day, like pre-COVID, because I, for a number of reasons, because not only did I, you know, want to make sure that I was paying my bills on time, but what what I talked about earlier today is that after you kind of develop that self-trust to just pay, put your bills on there and then pay it off and then put some essential needs there and pay it off, you can actually graduate to a level where you put everything on your credit card. And that's where I am right now. I put absolutely everything everything and anything on my credit card because I have developed that self-trust. I pay off my credit card every two weeks. Now, one of the exercises I used to do, and this is actually in relation to my budget, was that I would look at my spending and look at my credit card statements and see what I had like forgotten, like what was so meaningless when it came to spending that I didn't even remember that I spent it and that it actually didn't bring me like happiness or joy in the end. Um, and that's why I really like using my credit card for all of my purchases now because it's just easier for me to keep track instead of like writing it down on cash or anything. I just I utilize basically one credit card, like my strategy, I still use it. And I I utilize it and I go through the statements. And for me, when I was going through my statements, the one big purchase that, like not purchase, it's just the one reoccurring um, state thing that came up on my credit card 
were restaurants with people that that I didn't really enjoy being around. If that, so my the big purchase that I really had to start curving and spending is actually social purchases. I don't buy a lot of clothes and makeup. That's not my um. Uh, that's not where I struggle with. It's saying no to people, actually. That's what I struggle with. And I used to go on a lot of dinners out with friends that were like acquaintance friends. And it was just very mundane conversation. We never talked about anything that deep. And I would get my credit card bill and I was like, oh my God, that was $50. I could have spent that $50 way better somewhere else. And yes, for me, it is travel. But I just wanted to talk about the fact that when we want, you're checking your credit score, not just to obsess over the number itself, but really obsess over like the, how spending, how you're using your money as a tool for your life. Is it actually bringing you more happiness? Is it bringing more joy? Is it bringing more meaning into your life? And that was something those dinners was not bringing anything into my life. And I actually check my credit statements in relation to my budget as well. And when I say check your credit card statements, I, I do mean check your like bank statements as well. Because the other thing that I want you to remember is to also be conscientious that to make sure that bills are going through on time. I had a coworker once who had her mortgage set up for auto payment and she realized that they had messed up the numbers and she hadn't been paying her mortgage for like two months and it crashed her credit score. And, you know, obviously she had to call to try to get it fixed and and get a statement from the bank and all of those things. But, you know, people aren't perfect. So I highly recommend that you also go through your credit card statements and your bank statements just to ensure all of your purchases are being done correctly. And also, fraud. It exists. So if you have like a $2,000 charge on your card from Albania or some wherever, right? Um, that you, uh, you catch that right away. I've ha- I've actually caught fraud right away. Um, so that it doesn't actually go through and affect my credit score because that kind of stuff does happen. And I want you to be aware of it. That's why I think it's so important to check your credit card statements and go through that exercise of going through your credit card statements and seeing like what purchases you remember and were actually worth it and what purchases you don't remember doing and you realize don't even bring any meaning into your life. But also lastly, check for fraud. And the next portion of this is to also check your budget. So that's in relation with your credit card statements, right? So if you um, are living within your means, it just makes it easier to um, not go into this like spending spree. So yes, I could spend $30,000 tomorrow. I could, but I've learned how to live within my means. So I'm not ever struggling with putting stuff on my credit card, with paying off my bills or my credit card on time because I've really learned to live within your means. And a lot of that actually comes with your salary right? And in in relationship to that, I picked a job and that I enjoy and that's very meaningful to me, but I have also learned to live within my means of that salary. And the last tip that I have, the seventh strategy I have to increase your credit score and maintain it is just to be patient. Um, A credit score it takes a while to develop and to create. And if you're not at the 850 level, if you're not on the 800s yet, that's okay. It's a journey, 
right? And if you followed all the things I talked about in this practice, then it'll make it easier to to have that, you know, score at the end. But I will remind you that the score is, while it is important in our current, you know, corporate capitalistic and not corporate capitalistic environment, it is not the end of the world. It does not define you. But I really, so that's why I really encourage you to focus on the journey and just be patient and also utilize resources, get help if you need it. Like I talked to you about before, one of the, the things I really ta- wanted to put on to you is that, you know, creating a relationship and having credit be a part of your life. Just talk to your credit card companies and to your banks regularly. It's okay. And if you make a mistake, you would be surprised at the amount of people who, who are willing to help you. If, you know, you have missed a payment I like missed a payment and missed a couple of dollars and I called them and they waived the fee because I had been such a great client of that bank for so long, right? So if you something happens to your credit score, just ensure that you are taking advantage and calling them. You, I know it can seem like, first of all, a lot of people don't like to talk on the phone with people, but like like credit card companies and the people who are answering their phones, they are humans. They can feel emotions. They, If you are, you know, really on the verge of needing a higher credit score for whatever reason in life, then, you know, they're, if you're nice to them, chances are they're willing to help you out, right? And if you need a script on how to negotiate with certain things like this, I'm going to link you to... Um, my Instagram, um, I did like a post all about how to negotiate. I probably should translate that into like an actual blog post. But for right now, I will link it in the show notes. Be patient. It'll turn out fine. And that's it. That Those are the seven strategies. I think they, they were seven. Again, sometimes these episodes are a little un- more unstructured. But I hope you've enjoyed it, but these are the seven strategies that I've been using to increase, maintain my high credit score to the 850 level it is at right now. And I hope that you have found it helpful. I hope that you've been able to take something away from this because the one thing I really want to talk about is, again, not focusing on the vanity metric itself. I didn't obsess over my credit score. I focused on creating sustainable money habits. And I didn't like go on no spend months to spend, save money. I focused on intentional spending. So one of the things that you, I really want you to invite you to, to understand is that not to demonize debt or credit, but instead like differentiate them and figure out how to utilize it to your advantage and create plans and develop the habits to pay off things like debt. Uh, Like one of those things I just talked about is like my mortgage. My mortgage is enormous and I have a strategy to pay it off. It is my, like my, it's my rental unit. So it's my tenants and that's how I'm going to be paying it off. So I don't really worry about that anymore, but I don't, again, if I didn't take on that debt and that right now, my property wouldn't be at the value it is and I won't I wouldn't be getting the investment like return that I'm getting right now. And the last thing is also just like don't think that you ever have to work in a career just to make more money like that you hate. Like don't think that you have to work in a, like a dead end job and I thought I did an episode, I think it was episode 12 that was all about how to the career advice you need to avoid to like avoid to prevent working in a dead end job, but 
when it comes to money and money management, I really don't want you to also obsess over like making more money or having a higher salary. I used to think that people with high salaries had like good money management skills. And that's just not true. And the truth is, if you want to money manage money well, if you you have to start with what you have. So if you can't manage like, let's say $1,000 well, you're not going to be able to manage like $10,000 or $100,000 well. I know it can seem like if you just have more money, you'll be able to manage it well. But that's why I focus really on developing the habits. Because, and this is something that like I want, I didn't know I was going to get into this episode about, but like no one can buy everything. Maybe Jeff Bezos, but like you can always spend more than you have. And that's why your credit score is um, and managing your credit score and developing the habits to get a high credit score is so important because you're always, always capable of spending more than you make. Anyways, like my high credit, credit score wasn't my goal. It was just the end and result of a personal growth journey towards sustainable and meaningful money management. So to recap, and I will recap this like well this time because I even like confused myself a little bit. It the first strategy is to choose what to focus on. So the what we talked about in this episode was the two big factors that affect your credit um, score is firstly payment history. And the second one is credit utilization. So those are the big two things to focus on. The second one is to don't fear credit, just use it slowly to build that self-trust. The third is to schedule credit dates and develop systems for paying off your credit. For me, it's paying off my credit card every two weeks. And if I can't deal with something right away, like a credit card payment or like, sorry, a bill payment or something, I schedule the date, even if I can't do it. The fifth is to be careful and mindful of that pay yourself first mindset and the entitlement that can come with it, um, unless it's for an emergency fund. The sixth is to, instead of obsessing and checking your credit score all the time, move over and check your credit card statements. Look, go through them, go through the exercise, look at what's meaningful, what you even remember, and what you don't want on your credit card statements anymore and in alignment with your budget and living within your means. And the seventh is just to be patient. It does take time. It is a journey. It's not a race. You don't have to have the perfect credit score by a certain age. Um, It is, um, but it might be something that you want to put into your plan. If you're looking at doing a down payment, then start utilizing and creating that high credit score now. Thank you again so much for listening to this episode. This was requested as from my Instagram. So I really like it when I know what you guys are interested in. I actually didn't even plan on doing this episode because I thought like, who cares? Like, I don't even know if anyone cares about their credit score. Anyone be interested? And I was so happy to hear that so many people were interested in it. If you have any other suggestions, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'm at Millennial Life Admin. But until next time, happy saving, and spending. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Millennial Life Admin podcast, I highly encourage you to leave a review or rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. This helps more people discover the podcast and become a part of this community. Remember, we're all figuring out this work-life money thing together.